What is up, good citizens of Crip Nation? You crusaders, you. How is everybody doing? I hope you guys are doing well. And I, you know, Pete's, how are you doing? I love you, brother. I'm glad you're healing up. Yeah, it's been a, a rough situation where I've had this cold, and I feel like uh, it's time to get things hot again. So Ooh. I am back. I, I have you my box good. of Kleenex with me. <laughs> I'm not going to miss this episode. Not for the world, not for the world. All right. Well, guys, you know how we like to start off every weekly fire. This is the, I want to say the 13th episode. It is now one quarter that we've been doing this show, and I have to say it's becoming one of my favorites. It really is. You know, we get into some pretty heated debates. We answer crypto's most burning questions, and we talk about times that, you know, we've been burned, and we talk about, you know, smoke and mirrors and illusions and all sorts of different stuff. This is uh, this is our little podcast radio show. We like to show some character and have some fun in this one. Um, then we get a little bit more serious with the interview. So if this is your first time tuning into the Weekly Fire, welcome. And we got a big episode planned. Um, and we always start off with the Weekly Weather Report. So I'll kind of jump into that. And what do I mean by the Weekly Weather Report? Basically, we're just looking at price action and we're looking at volume uh, on the main cryptocurrencies, about your top 10. Um, and today, uh, well, today's Saturday, yesterday, Friday, the 25th of October, uh, we saw a $1,000 price rise in the matter of an hour on Bitcoin. And this is obviously great for anybody who was long, uh, bad for anybody who was short. And you can see there was plenty of people that were short and that were building short positions that got squeezed out, um, which always triggers a cascading effect. But and this is important to mention. This happens right before the last Friday of the month, right. which is when the CMA futures expire. Right. That's so a, that's when you're going to see this manipulation happen and people get fucked over. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, super great point. Uh, people are always trying to close positions out or settle uh, before the end of the month. Um, okay. So what am I seeing here? Uh, the the first. I mean, we've been talking about the 8K level. The 8K level. On all the past episodes, we hit the 8K level, and then I got tricked. Um, I was the quintessential case of the guy who got uh, who got um, <laughs> how do you say it? I don't know. Made the wrong bet. Uh, in this case, last week I said I was starting to feel pretty bearish uh, on Bitcoin and thinking that that 6K level was looking ripe for the testing. And we broke the the support at 7,400. And when we broke that support, I said, okay, guys, I've been, I've been saying 8K was going to be the bottom, um, but it looks like it's not. And it looks like we're going down slower so, or going down more. So I'm going to step out and I'm not going to keep this long. And what happened was a lot of people were thinking that because that range got broken. Uh, people's stop losses got hit and they're like, all right, we're out. We're out. And then this is just classic, you know, the market moves against the majority. So as most people are saying, oh, man, I'm starting to feel pretty bearish. Uh, the market does the opposite and runs up very hard and very quick. So in last week's episode, I was talking about how I'm starting to feel a little bearish. And in about one hour, uh, it, that's all it takes, just one hour to completely change a guy's mindset. Um, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I'm also liking what we're seeing in some of the altcoins. 
you know, I, I like R- Ripple at these levels. It's, I mean, 30 cents for one uh, XRP token. And love it or hate it based on the fundamentals of it or whatever, if you don't think it's, you know, valuable, that's, I just am looking at the charts and it just seems like, you know, it's about to attack its 200 day moving average with some force. Um, it's, uh, it's ratio against Bitcoin looks pretty strong. Historically, we've been in accumulation patterns all throughout the 20 cent to 30 cent range, meaning you can tell that there's lots of support. So I think that we're, we're primed for another test of around 45 cents or 50 cents here in the next couple of weeks. Um, and if we could maintain above that, above you know 50 cents for any substantial period of time, meaning a couple of weeks, if we could hold above 50 cents, you know we're we're looking at uh, going into the dollar range for sure. Uh, so that's that, and then also, wow. you know, if, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, people people hate on like you always have to follow the hate, right? The majority of the market hates Ripple, um, and that's why it pumps so damn hard. Um, because you know, a lot of just, there's so much, uh, emotion in it. And so it, it's, it's kind of one of those things where you have to follow the greed and the fear. And I think a lot of people hate ripple so much because they fear it. They fear that this system, um, could take the place of Bitcoin, not saying it can, um, but you know, they fear all the, you know, PhD economists and they fear all of the, uh, you know, uh, you know, chairman of the fed who is a, advisor to ripple um they say well ripple's just a remake of everything uh that we didn't like in the beginning with the centralized financial institutions and all such things like that but at the end of the day you know ripple labs and xrp have you know some of the smartest people in the world working on this and so you know i'm feeling pretty bullish on that um and there's recourse in in the ripple network too you know in bitcoin there's no recourse which is also one of its strong factors is that you know if if i send if i make a mistake in the bitcoin network it's like it's gone forever but with ripple it's like there's ripple lab so you know more or less you can um you know you could have a little bit of recourse and recourse is a an output of uh centralization so there's always going to be you know centralization versus decentralization sometimes it benefits you sometimes it doesn't and also the last thing is like ethereum it's it's a, another good example of how there's you know, in theory, a little bit more recourse than Bitcoin because of they did that hard fork, which rolled back the chain uh, and split into Ethereum and Ethereum Classic. So they showed that, you know, Ethereum is, you know, more centralized actually than Bitcoin and pros and cons. But uh, that's just kind of what I'm seeing in the weather report. We still have a, we still have a long ways to go before we're in any sort of full raging uh, bull mode, I think. I think we still need to consolidate and I think that we need to... Um, you know, still build back up a strong base leading to the having. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of what I'm seeing. Pete's any, anything you wanted to add before we move on? We could go, we could go on and on forever about uh, that topic itself. Maybe we should have a whole smoke and mirrors uh, segment on centralization versus decentralization. And is ripple going to essentially be the killer app, whether we want it to or not? I think that'd be a really interesting topic uh, for another time, though. Yes. For now, we're going to move into hot or not. <laughs> yes. This week, again, here's why we do this segment. So you guys can see trends unfolding before your very eyes. In three weeks ago, maybe it was two weeks ago, I said that I think we're going to be able to see a altcoin 
that goes 10x in a seven-day period. And we almost got that this week. We got a 666% rise out of a mega scam token called CryptoNex. Um, so I, I looked, I, I was like, CryptoNex, what the heck? It just went up 666%. What the heck is this thing? And it traded, you know, $11 million. And so it fit, it fit our criteria. And I clicked the website and it's this random exchange that looks like nobody's ever visited it. And they're saying that, you know, they're doing all this massive volume. So unfortunately, I'm going to exclude this uh, crypto next from our discussion just because it just something feels off about it. But something more realistically, uh, you know, we have this other coin called Origin Sport. Uh, ORS is the ticker traded $10 million over the last seven days and it rose 175 percent. Um, then we have Spendcoin ticker SPND traded four million bucks, um, and that marked up 145 percent over the last seven days. And lastly, we have a company called AAVE, uh, and their tickers Lend L-E-N-D. Not sure why it's not AAVE, but whatever. Traded three and a half million dollars, and on that volume, they got up 95 percent over the last seven days. But Pete's What's not so hot these days? Everybody that's traded about a million bucks or more. Well, just to be fair, I have never heard of any of those in the the top hot list. So I may have to do a little bit of homework or they may fall. We'll see if they make it into the not list. So many have. Uh, what's not hot this week? There's not a whole lot of things up in smoke right now. The market's been so great, uh, especially today. A lot of things have recovered. So if you're losing right now, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> so we have we have DAX down 11%. And it, yeah, and it's kind of crazy if it's like the biggest loser of the week that's traded more than a million dollars is only down 11%. It's like you could start to see that trend that, hey, sellers are starting to weaken. Yeah, absolutely. And then smart share is only down 8.6%. And then Atlas Protocol, which is the only name on this list that I've heard of at all, yeah, is only down 8.5%. So not even an ouch this week, just more of a... Just a little, uh, just a little, what's it called? Like a little burn. A little burn. sting, a little sting, a <laughs> little pinch. No big deal. They'll recover. Or, yep, I think they'll recover. And I think uh, it would be interesting to see. I wonder if like one week, it's just like there's no losers. Like nobody's in the red this week. That would be interesting. Don't know if that'll ever happen because there's always going to be coins that yeah. abandoned and stuff. And market there, there's always going to be even the, the bu- most bullish market conditions. Some tokens are just going to be sold off for others. Yeah, no, I agree. The cream um, will rise to the top. Always does, my friend. Um, all right, smoke and mirrors. You guys know we love this segment and where we talk about. Um, you know, this is a little debate section where we talk about scams versus not scams or opportunity costs. So today, Pizza Mind is going to walk us through the opportunity cost between trading and mining. Pete, take it away, brother. So when I got into crypto, it was building mining rigs, and I thought it was an incredible opportunity to essentially double my money every three years. That was kind of the benchmark that people were shooting at. And I thought, wow, that's a really great deal. However, uh, if you look at that now through, I guess, more educated eyes, which I have now versus when I first started, I'm looking at the opportunities for trading. Mm. While it's much easier to mine coins right now because difficulties are so low and it's actually not even profitable to cover your own mining costs at this time, 
You just simply have to accumulate and then sell off, you know, three years down the road. And it seems like we hit a, uh, you know, a big bubble every three to four years, you know, right in line with the halvings of Bitcoin. So that's, that's kind of uh, an expected place to cash out now. But you have all this crazy infrastructure that you have to keep up. You have electricity bills that could be, you know, $10,000 a month. Mm-hmm. And We've heard some horror stories about people doing mining operations on behalf of other people and not getting, yes. uh, not getting their electricity bill paid. And he's like, "Wait, what? Yeah, I just mined all this Bitcoin for you, and then you're gonna go ghost and stiff me on this ten thousand dollar electricity bill?" Yeah, that's a real story that we just heard last week. So there's a lot of things that go into it. There's also a lot of time. I mean, sure, trading takes a lot of time too. But then you let's say. 2x every three years for mining is the standard that miners hope to achieve. Trading, on the other hand, 2x every three years is in a traditional uh, marketplace is also really, really great. But when it comes to crypto, that almost seems like you're doing something wrong. Right. I mean, if you're a smart trader, you're following, you know, the, the patterns, you're, tr- you're following the trends, you're accumulating at the bottom. You're distributing at the top and at the top of these runs, I mean, of course you have to hold for a very, very long time for these things to happen, but you're making 10 X 20 X every three to four years, maybe more depending on what you're holding. Mm-hmm. Um, some of those coins aren't going to make it. Let's Absolutely. be honest. No one's going to hit 20 for 20 or hundred for a hundred. You're going to have a significant amount of your portfolio go to zero. You have to have a crazy appetite for risk, right? Um, and if you're day trading rather than just holding, you know, you can do certain strategies where you're trading grids, where you're just simply buying the dips and selling the peaks as regardless of what the market conditions are. And, and you that's could okay code, too. But- and you're talking about uh, grid trading where like you code bots to do that or you're doing it manually. You could do either. I mean, the bot definitely is easier to do. It takes less time. So the opportunity cost of mining seems a lot greater than going into trading. The only time it makes sense to mine over trading is when you're at the peak of a bull market and Bitcoin's hash rate is going crazy and just the return of you know actually buying this asset, you really just have a lot to lose over that time. And at that point, you might want to turn on a mining rig and say, hey, it's just a lot easier to get a share in this pool. But those times haven't happened in a couple of years. I turned off all my mining rigs, not this August, but last August, because it was no longer profitable to mine. When are you planning so on turning all, those puppies back on, or are you? I don't know if I ever will, to be honest. Hmm. Interesting. There, there may there may be uh, certain coins in certain market conditions where it might make sense for six months to a year to mine them rather than just buy them outright. But that might not be for, that might not be till next August. We'll see. Yeah. Well, I thought that was pretty comprehensive. I think you covered, I don't know if I have much to add there. um, Other than like when you're trading, uh, there's also opportunity cost between the assets that you're holding. So you, you're generally going to want to find, you know, it sounds, sounds like a no brainer, but you're going to want to find the assets that are, moving up against the dollar quicker than other 
assets that are moving up against the dollar. Because for instance, if something is moving up, uh, you know, moved up a hundred percent, it looks like there's a lot of momentum, but something else moved up, you know, only 50% and you were holding on to the 50% coin. Well, that's a 50% uh, opportunity cost because you could have been in something else. Um, so it's, it's always, you know, there's this, basically what I'm trying to say is there's this quote that says in a bull market, go long the strongest in a bear market, go short the, uh, the weakest. And basically what it's saying is like you find the coin or the couple coins that are trending the hardest right now. It's that honestly looks like, uh, the zero X coin cause it is above its 200 day moving average, both against Bitcoin and against the dollar. Um, which a lot of coins are still still you know well below that. So you know it looks like it, that the zero X coin has you know flipped its script, and I think one of the reasons why is because they're implementing some new staking features and just adding some more value and utility to it fundamentally. So you know stakers have been able to uh, see that and acquire more coins on the market because they know that this new protocol change is coming. Um, but anyhow, yeah, you guys always have to be thinking of opportunity cost and even not in crypto, but in, you know, anything, there's an opportunity cost to holding cash, right? Um, holding cash in your bank account, you're, uh, you're not making any interest on it really. I mean, whatever 0.0001%. Um, so there's an opportunity cost for holding cash because you should be, you know, if you have spare cash investing in the market, right? Maybe the S and P, which, you know, averages 8% a year for the last hundred years or whatever it is, um, or the Dow Jones, it's like you want to be in something that is appreciating in value. So kind of enough on that. Yeah, there is one more thing I want to add. I want to break it down just a little bit further, though, as far as opportunity cost. With mining, you know, are you mining Bitcoin directly and stacking sats that way, or are you mining altcoins and then exchanging them into Bitcoin? There's an opportunity cost there. And the same thing with trading. Are you trading against Bitcoin pairings and stacking sats that way? Or are you trading against USDT and trying to stack dollars? What are the opportunity costs in that regard? That's something you have to calculate into your equation too. And 100%. this past year, we've only seen one altcoin actually gain value against Bitcoin for most of the year, and that's Chainlink. Link? Yeah, yeah. that's it. But there's several, several, several other coins that have gained some US dollar value. So that's another thing that you have to really be cognizant of when you go into these things, because that's always going to be fluctuating as well. So I just wanted to add that last point in before we move on. No, that's a great point. And I'm even going to take it one step further. Please do. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, like when you guys are looking at your portfolio, whatever, you know, whether it's every week, every day, every month, and you you size up your portfolio. How much am I, how much am I, is this portfolio worth? Um, you will start to see deviations in your Bitcoin value and your US dollar value of your portfolio. And what do I mean by that? Basically, during certain market cycles, you will be up in your Bitcoin portfolio value, but you will be down in your US dollar value. Um, or alternatively, you might be saying, oh my, and this happened massively uh, it, towards the end of 2017 when people were you know, really high up in their dollar value, but they were actually losing value against Bitcoin because Bitcoin was stronger than most things. Um, so you're going to have to always balance your portfolio and see how much is this portfolio worth in dollars today and how much is it worth in Bitcoin today. And then you want to be able to kind of graph that out and see, 
um, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm going up in dollars, but I'm going down in Bitcoin. But that's because Bitcoin is going up faster against the dollar than the other coins that you're holding. So if you guys need to rewind that and re-listen to it, it's kind of a heady concept, but, but just know that you need to balance your portfolio in both uh, US dollar and Bitcoin. Yeah, so you can get that balance, but what is the unit of account? Is, is it BTC or USD that really matters to you? That's something that you really should right. decide when you first get into this space is what unit of account are you going to have? And there's all kinds of different ways of calculating that and filing taxes and stuff based on what your unit of account is. And BTC is a unit of account now. It's more than just a currency. Hey, Crib Nation, real quick. We just want to give you guys a quick reminder that everything we do here at Crypto 101 is brought to you by our good friends and our sponsors over at eToro. Uh, this is the best place. I mean, it's truly the best place that you could be buying and selling cryptocurrency. They've been around since 2007 uh, doing all sorts of different, you know, stock exchange stuff. And in 2013, they introduced crypto trading. So these guys are pros and they're operating in well over a hundred countries. They've got about 11 million users now. So we think that it would be pretty wise if you guys join the pack. What do you think? Toro is kind of like the Nike of crypto exchanges. If you don't have Nike's Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. On your feet, you're probably not going in style. Uh, everyone's got to try it out at some point. So definitely check out etoro.com slash crypto 101 to sign up today. Yeah, guys, if you guys use that link, etoro.com slash crypto 101, that really helps us uh, here at Crypto 101. And we really love you guys to use that link. Um, deposit 50 bucks if you want, you know, start trading it out or um, 
if you don't feel comfortable putting money in, that's no problem. eToro is the only platform that I know of that allows you to do something called virtual uh, virtual trading. Um, so basically what is virtual trading means it's not real money. They give you a hundred thousand dollars of, uh, fake money. And they say, Hey, go try our system. Go get comfortable placing an order. Go get comfortable reading a, a price chart. Um, get comfortable playing with no risk. And then once you're comfortable, then you could go ahead and deposit real money and start making bets. But, uh, I just love that aspect because it just shows their commitment to good user friendliness, um, you know, good user adoption, good user experience, all that kind of stuff. They are a hundred percent user first and they give you a really great opportunity, uh, to learn. Um, and they've got a great newsletter as well that I, I I like to read. So guys, eToro, they're, they're great. We love them. Thank you guys so much for everything you you do. And when, without further ado, let's just pop back on over. Okay. Now we're going to move on to fire tweets. Fire tweets. Yes. So the CEO of Celsius, Alex Mashinsky, had uh, some pretty good life advice to share. He said, so many people keep asking me, what is the secret to happiness? It's not hard. Someone to love, something to do, and something to look forward to. If you've got these three and you're still not happy, well, then I just can't help you. But that is so nice. it's so simple and true and effective. Someone to love. In my darkest, awful moments in life, I always had Clyde, my cat, and it got me through. It's just something as simple as that. You just had someone to love and something to do. We all need something to do. I didn't have anything to do at that point in my life as I was coming off of disability, and I found crypto, and I became obsessed with learning about crypto. So I had something to do, and I had something to love. And this was right before the big bull run. So that immediately gave me something to look forward to as all this crypto was going up. And suddenly from my misery, I became a very happy person just from those three small things. Like nothing else changed in my life. I still didn't have a whole lot of money. I still wasn't where I wanted to be in my career or my romance life or physical fitness or any of that stuff. But just these three small things really, really changed the outlook. And I really encourage people to keep things as simple as possible, which is hard for smart people because we see a lot of the details and we can get caught up in it often, but just keep things simple. And I think these three things are really, really true. There's a keys to happiness. Yeah, 100%, man. And I love my boys. You know, I think I just tweeted this out the other day. I was just reflecting and just meditating on some, some points of gratitude. And, you know, I love, I love my job, right? I love who I work with. I love my buddies. Um, and and I just got an overwhelming sense of like, wow, I just love my life. And, you know, it's, it's always important to make sure that you're reaching out to the friends that you're thankful for and just reminding them that you do appreciate them because the more gratitude that you give out, it's the more gratitude that you are going to be receiving as well. Um, which is, you know, it's cliche, but it's cliche for a reason is you, you get what you give, you put good energy out there and you, you make good positive actions towards friends and, you know, even enemies, um, you put that good energy out there and you're going to get that back. Um, so you always got to be the bigger person. You always have to have, uh, you know, goals and setting goals, like how he said, um, you know, something to look forward to, right. You always have to be making sure that you're, you're, you're setting realistic goals and that when you hit them, you know, you, you do a little inventory check and say, you know, 
what did I learn by hitting this goal? Was this goal overzealous? Was it not big enough? All that kind of thing. And then boom, set a new goal. Um, so goals are very, very, very important for happiness. And if you don't have any goals right now, whether it's in finances or in relationships or in a skill or a hobby, set goals and, um, you know, make them, uh, you know, realistic and achievable. And you will basically see that your happiness levels are going to skyrocket. So Pete, that was a fire tweet. And thanks for finding sure. that. Sure. And just, just a good citizens of Crypt Nation. And just to follow up on that, there was uh, something else that I read a long time ago. It says always have a vacation planned. And that slots Ooh. right into something to look forward to. Because real life is stressful. It's full of challenges and obstacles and drama and things that are really, you know, can, can drag you down. Um, but if you always have a yeah. vacation, there's light at the end of the tunnel. It doesn't need to be a crazy vacation. It doesn't need to be anything more than just a simple camping trip. But it's knowing that mm-hmm. on this date at this time, all my worries are going to be put on pause for a while and I get to take a break. So always have a vacation planned as early and often as possible. I agree. And I'll, I'll even extend that analogy. I feel like this is just the episode of extended analogies and stuff. <laughs> or, uh, but what I was going to say is like, even go on a vacation where you don't have internet service or cell service. Like a couple of weeks ago, I was on a camping trip and I was, and I was, you know, talking to the guys like, oh yeah, I'll have, don't worry. I'll have my phone. I'll have internet service. It'll be great. You know, we're not going that deep into the woods. And sure enough, I get there and I don't have any service. And at, your first instinct is like, oh, well, crap. Well, how am I going to you know, how am I going to stay connected? How, you know, if something comes up at work, which things did come up at work that I didn't get any texts about because I didn't have service. Um, but it also is very, very relaxing and freeing for your mind and your mental capacity and your emotional health and your stress levels to realize that like, oh, I'm out of control. Um, you know, there's things happening in the world, but I'm going to be here in the, in the moment, right? I'm going to enjoy the present um, and not let the outside world necessarily affect uh my mental state so that was also an interesting experience because i had never been out of service for like or maybe not never but it's been literally probably a decade since i hadn't had service for four days so that was a pretty interesting thing too so when you're planning these vacations for you know self self-improvement and you know self you know self-love essentially and relaxation it could be an interesting thing to not bring uh or you know just turn your phone in airplane mode it almost sounds like an alien concept to be disconnected from the world <laughs> and right. just left to our own immediate surroundings. But with that that distraction or that connection uh, gone, you find other things to fill it, whether it's your own thoughts or um, just interacting with the nature around you. It's a whole different experience, something that is much more natural, in fact. So it's definitely not a bad thing. Give it a try. I tried it on a 26-day road trip that uh, ended up having me in like Yellowstone National Park. And by that time, I was like, I can't wait to get back to my computer. But <laughs> it's good for a few days anyway. Yeah, it's like fasting. You know, like fasting is supposed to be really good for your body uh, because you deprive it of some nutrients. And so your body goes into work a little bit harder and go into, uh, go into overdrive and all that kind of stuff. So when, when you deprive your body of these really quick you know, releases of instant gratification and dopamine, um, whether it is with snacks and sweets and all that kind of stuff, or whether it is with the instant gratification of a social media platform. Uh, when you deprive your brain of those inputs, 
for even just a, you know a few days or a day at a time when you get back you know it's that much it's that much better um so let's move on over to our scorched earth segment and this one uh, this is a pretty interesting one because it's super timely yes um scorched earth is where we talk about you know how people in the industry are getting burned and Pete, who is the recipient of the burning this week? Uh, that would be the good citizens of Crip Nation that's getting burned, primarily those of us who reside in the U.S. of A. And who is doing the burning? Uh, our tremendous U.S. government. <laughs> That is right. So, and even more so, I would say uh, China is also doing some burning on the U.S. government. Oh yeah, uh, which is by by proxy burning uh, the American citizens. So, why are we talking? Well, about we're not this? rooting so, for China, by the way. We're, we're USA number one all the way, but we also look at the scorecard and going, oh crap. Right. Uh, yeah, President uh, uh, Xi Jinping of China just yesterday on friday released a big statement on um on how he wants blockchain to be a main main focus of the chinese regime the chinese nation state um and he basically put out this speech or like gave a speech about the importance of blockchain and, and the importance of uh you know you know ha having a digital uh, chinese dollar and the importance of being a leader in that space um so, so that was really interesting that he put that out there. And at the same time, you know, earlier this week, we had the U.S. Congress essentially saying the other thing or the opposite thing to what, you know, China was saying, where they say, hey, you know, this technology could be so threatening to us. Um, it, we need to be slow to adopt it. We need to be cautious. Obviously, we want to continue to be an innovation leader, but their desire to be an innovation leader and their actions are actually divergent. Um, and we saw them grilling Mark Zuckerberg, who is trying to do, um, you know, the Libra coin with Facebook and they brought him in for interrogation or what they call just a hearing. But these senators or the, and these congressmen and women are sometimes just so nasty and uninformed and digressive. And their point, they're like, they're trying to like make a point And then they just like start talking about something else. And you could just see that like, they're just not really equipped for this technological innovation. And I was actually listening to an amazing podcast uh, from our friend Laura Shin, who is uh, who has the Unchained podcast. Uh, she had Representative uh, Patrick McCarthy, I want to say, or that, Patrick McHenry. Yeah, McHenry. One of them. McHenry, thank you. Um, and he is a senator and or a congressman. I, I always get those two confused. He's a congressman. And he was talking about how he's – working a bill right now with a bunch of other smart people in Congress. And by bunch, I'm, he's like, look, there's like only a handful of us. He goes, you know, Congress is big. There's literally a small, small group that w are pro Bitcoin and pro crypto and all that kind of stuff. Anyhow, he's trying to pass the Financial Services Innovation Act, where basically every single office that has regulatory capabilities, whether it's the SEC or the CFTC, all these, um, all these offices will have within it an office of financial innovation, whereby a you know a company, a private company, a public company can go to that office within the SEC and apply uh, for all sorts of uh, exemptions from normal laws. And so he says 
there needs, you know, he, he basically equated it to a sandbox. Um, but he's like, I don't, and I liked what he said. He goes, I don't think I like the term sandbox because it means you're, you're, you're playing and it's just a scrap thing, right? He goes, no, this is a public permanent open beta. And I'm like, wow, that's really a really cool um, mindset for a congressman to have of saying, hey, we realize that, you know, the SEC and, uh, you know, CFTC, everybody's here for the good of the consumer in theory, right? Consumer protection, all that stuff. So we don't get taken advantage of by uh, all sorts of fraudsters and over leveraged people and, and banks and all that kind of stuff. So they're, they're in theory here for consumer protection, but the regulations that they impose are just so uh, constricting that innovation gets stifled. And so he's noticing this and he's talking about China and he's saying, look, China is doing the opposite of what we're doing. They're encouraging investment into regulate, uh, they're, sorry, they're encouraging investment into all sorts of different innovation uh, st- platforms and projects and all sorts of stuff. We need to be doing the same. So he's introducing this bill and I'll be reading the bill and uh, assessing it and then ideally voting for it when the time comes uh, or not, you know, not voting for it, but for rooting for it and definitely voting for that guy, uh, the congressman. He's the man. So anyhow, so that's kind of scorched earth. Um, let's move on to the news. And, you know, we, we already talked about the big news out of China on Friday when they had a, you know, President Xi's uh, big kind of, you know, just just his speech on the importance of blockchain technology to the entire nation of China. Um, so that's bullish for Bitcoin. Uh, that's bullish for all crypto. But uh, what else do we have, uh, Pete? I, I think you were mentioning that there was a, a global financial innovation network that that we're working on here. Yeah, so there's a global fi- global that? financial innovation network, which unfortunately is not something that comes out of the U.S. So if that in itself tells us that we're behind because we're not innovating these things. This is from... Uh, the UK's Financial Conduct Authority that started it, and it's an international alliance of government regulators to try and test out all of these technologies that are being built right now to say, hey, could we actually upgrade our whole global banking system on something? So the SEC, the CFTC, and something called the OCC as also being joined by the FDIC uh, <laughs> to join this global uh, financial Innovation Network, and they're all going to start work, trying to work together. So it's a global group of regulators. Like a, th- a think tank? Uh, no, it's it's a global group of regulators who are going to say, okay, we're going to look into distributed ledger technology and cross-border solutions and just see how it might work. So they're going to stress test it. They're going to security test it. They're going to actually get some hands-on experience with crypto and blockchain. It's no longer just going to huh, be some talking it. points in a courtroom. They're going to actually have these these U.S. bodies are now joining the rest of the world to see how this stuff is actually going to work and potentially change the world. Awesome. And then uh, a couple other points I wanted to make uh, that I thought were really significant, um, you know, backed who we've talked about for the physically settled Bitcoin futures, very big fundamental player in the space. Um, they introduced Bitcoin options. Um, so that's good. That gives, uh, you know, financial institutions. Uh, more ability to hedge their position and more liquidity and more, you know, excuse the pun, but more options to make money and to hedge their risk. So that is really good. And we're actually starting to see the volume on backed skyrocket. Um, so as everybody knows, or if you don't know, um, it was a big meme in 
uh, crypto Twitter, whereby uh, backed on its first couple days only traded a few Bitcoin. You know, on its opening day, it traded four Bitcoin, and the next day, it traded maybe ten or twenty. And, and these levels were really, really, really low. But this past week, we've seen you know consecutive days 500 600 700 bitcoin being traded on backed uh and then today uh or, or yesterday on friday we saw uh, well over a thousand bitcoin being traded which was so far the all-time high but it doesn't look like that's going to be slowing down anytime soon uh the trend is that the volume is increasing on these you know big up days um so, so that's 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 a really good sign for for the industry because that is not faked uh, volume. That is not wash traded. Like a lot of the like we see in Bitcoin, like oh, Bitcoin traded sixty billion dollars today, and you go look at where that sixty billion dollars was coming from, and you know forty five billion of it was coming from these offshore, totally fake volume exchanges, um, all that kind of stuff. And there's so many games that these these exchanges play, and they're mostly, you know, they're bad. They're just bad actors that just try and, you know, wash trade. Basically, wash trading is where you tr- you open an order, you just trade between yourself. So it's just fake volume. Right. Um, so yeah. So I think the the increase in institutional volume, both at the CME and at Backed and all sorts of different products like this, it's just a great sign, and it's just a great tidbit of news to say that. You know, we're almost through the thick of it, and I can't wait. I just absolutely can't wait for the halving in May 2020, um, where we're going to see, you know, the inflation of Bitcoin get cut in half. Um, So right now, there's about 1,800 Bitcoin that get um, produced or mined every day. That's the inflation rate of Bitcoin, which is um, about 12.5 Bitcoin every 10 minutes. Um, And that gets cut in half. Um, through the Bitcoin algorithm, right? It's in a, a difficult, or sorry, it's not a difficult. It's a, just yeah, it's a just an algorithm that basically it's a step function that every four years um, the inflation gets cut in half. So this is really good for Bitcoin, um, and we're going to see a massive uh, price run up here. I mean, hope ideally leading into the uh, the the halving in May 2020, but but certainly following the halving. Yeah. So I, I feel like this is one of the few I've been ex- this excited in crypto maybe as many times as I can count on one hand. I'm so excited right now. Even wow. looking at the overall market cap, it's not even 250 billion. It was barely just above 200 billion yesterday before uh, the big price spike happened to bring it back up. But I felt like there's so many special things happening. There's so much growth potential, uh, not just in ideas anymore, like stuff that's actually being built and being built by reputable people, not just random guys you've never heard of. So this is really, really cool. Um, Super, super excited for next year and the years to come. Yeah. 100%, man. Me and you both in Crypt Nation, we hope you guys are excited. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, If you did, go ahead, give us a follow on Twitter. We're at Crypto101Pod. You guys know the drill. Uh, we live stream on a platform called You Now every day at 1 p.m. So go check us out there. This week we're going to have a little bit of a hairy schedule because uh, Pizza Mind's going to be in Vegas for World CryptoCon. If you're there, please reach out to him. Please reach out to us. We'd love to get you guys in touch with him if you're Vegas based or if you're going to be traveling there. I myself will be in San Francisco next week for San Fran Blockchain Week, you know, conducting interviews, meeting people. 
um, getting people queued up for the virtual summit that we're hosting in uh, January of 2020 called the Crypto 2020 Summit, um, where people are going to be painting their vision for the future of crypto in 2020, essentially. That one's going to be super exciting. So queuing all that stuff up. So the YouNow streams are going to get... Uh, we're just going to be hopping in and hopping out. So next week's going to be a little off, but you know, the week of the 4th of November, we'll be back on our regular schedule, 1 p.m. Pacific, uh, every day, live. Come chat with us. Come hang out. We've got a great community there. It's a lot of fun. And um, yeah, without further ado, um, we love you guys and have yourselves a great weekend. And we wish you the best going into next Absolutely. week. Absolutely. Take care, guys. It's good to be back with you. We'll see you again next week. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.